Blog Talk Radio. Peace to the gods. You're listening to Hindsight Radio. Here's the deal. Life is really all about love. I'm not just saying that because I'm a father of a newborn baby. I'm saying that because as a teacher and as a therapist, I've seen people basically choose between two things, love or something else. And what I've witnessed and experienced is this. When people choose love, they always choose right. I was asked to speak today on the topic of illumination, and it made me think about the way the light inside us all can shine. And my favorite way is through our love, which can illuminate in our relationships. The most important relationship that we'll ever have is the relationship that we have with ourselves. And next comes the relationships that we share with one another. As simply as I can put it, we are here on this very earth to love and to be loved. And love is light. In a second, what I'd like to do with you today is a brief, relaxing, guided imagery exercise where I'm going to have you close your eyes and consider three expressions of light that can return us to love. I'm going to have you close your eyes and consider three items and then associate each item with a person in your life. So let's get ready. Let's ask that you put your feet flat on the floor, palms facing up in your lap, and when you're ready, gently allow your upper eyelids to meet your lower eyelashes. Close your eyes, and let everyone take a deep breath. Relax your shoulders. The first item I'd like you to picture is the sun. Picture the sun in the big blue sky. Feel the warmth of her rays. And consider how the sun continues to show up every day, sharing its light and energy unconditionally, even on a cold February morning. Is there somebody in your life that reminds you of the sun? Somebody that loves you unconditionally? Picture that person now and feel their love. The next item I'd like you to picture is a lighthouse. See the light emanating from the top of the structure at the ocean's edge where the sea meets the land. And remember its primary purpose, to help guide sailors and boaters home. Is there somebody in your life that helps guide you home to your authentic self? to the truth of who you are, to the person that you're meant to be, to the path that you're meant to be on, picture that person now and consider the direction that they're encouraging you to head in. The last item I'd like you to picture is a disco ball. See the light bouncing off of it. Think of the energy in the room where you might find this unique object. Maybe you hear your favorite song playing. Is there somebody in your life that reminds you of a disco ball? Somebody that shows up with a fun, loving energy wherever they are, wherever they go? Picture that person now and consider 
how they're encouraging you to live in love. Gently float open your eyes. Today I'd like to share a story with you about a student of mine. His name was Daniel. I met Daniel the very first year I was a classroom teacher. I had no experience as a theology teacher in an all-boys prep school, and somehow this little guy, this 103-pound wrestler, he became more of a teacher to me than a student because he showed me and everybody in the school building how to shine their love and their light by being an example of how it's done. You see, the same year that I met this little guy was the same year that I was cut from the NFL. Felt like a little bit of my light had been taken from me when the Baltimore Ravens told me I could no longer be their quarterback. I had trained with them all summer. I felt like a kid in Disney. I was playing and competing with some of my childhood heroes in stadiums that I had only visited as a fan. Playing in the NFL was an incredible experience. But at the end of the summer, a week before our first game on the last day of cuts, I was released. And I had to return home to New Jersey to figure out a new career. I had graduated from Georgetown University with a degree in psychology, so I guess I could teach that. But I was hired at an all-boys prep school to coach football and teach theology. It's kind of like a life course for the incoming freshmen. Gave me the opportunity to teach the guys the importance of being kind, caring, and thoughtful. It really healed my broken heart. I loved teaching as much as I loved playing football. And that's when I met Daniel. He came into my classroom like a little disco ball. He had an energy and a light about him that everybody wanted to be around. Daniel connected with everybody in the school. I used to love watching him walk the hallways. His smile was reflected back to him in every corner. Athletes, band guys, cool guys, smart guys, teachers and coaches, all felt the love of this pint-sized 103-pound wrestler. People loved Daniel because he was free. He was free to be himself. And most of us know how difficult that can be. I remember when Daniel found out it was my birthday during his freshman year. He took it upon himself to create a homemade birthday card for me. He even taped a Starburst candy and a pack of Wrigley's gum to the inside. He presented it to me in front of the class. Daniel was redefining cool, and he made it cool to be thoughtful, caring, and kind. And his classmates loved him for it. It was, uh, it was in this way that, that our brotherly bond began. And it was during his sophomore year that Daniel started a campaign for me to date his older cousin, Leah, so that we could officially be family. He even brought her to a wrestling match one weekend. I was only there with about one other person, and Daniel had about 15 relatives cheering him on that night. It was a beautiful night. And then Daniel came into school the following Monday, and he was mad. And he said, Mr. Ward, you brought your girlfriend to my wrestling match when I brought my cousin to introduce you? <laughs> I said, whoa, Daniel, hold on a second. That girl happens to be my younger sister. And second of all, I didn't know you were trying to play matchmaker that night. Felt like a real compliment to my teachings. 
My message of love and be loved was really making an impact. For years, I had been practicing shouting commands for the NFL football field, but I had been practicing another message all along. I was never the type of football player that was overly aggressive or tough. I never yelled at my teammates, and I never yell at my students in the classroom. Some people say, this may make people walk all over you, but I believe otherwise. An older teacher once told me, when I first began teaching, that I shouldn't smile in the classroom until after a few months have gone by. I guess the theory is that the students would think I was tough, but I love to smile. And I have a different theory. I believe that the toughest guy in the room is not the football guy. It's the loving guy. It's the most manly thing that could ever be accomplished. It's not that difficult to do, but it requires great thought and courage. I loved football because I thought it was one of the finest team sports. When we were on the field, playing together, relating as teammates, defending each other, protecting each other, doing a little dance in the end zone to celebrate the points we score. Football was really about relationships. And so is love. Love is a team sport, a team that we are all a part of. And on this team, Daniel's an all-star. But Daniel never had the glory of an end zone dance or even a dance at his junior prom. And that's because his light extinguished way too early. One night during Daniel's junior year in February, he was rolling up the mats with his wrestling buddies and he collapsed in pain. Daniel suffered an aortic aneurysm, and he died early the next morning in the hospital. It was tragic. The date was February 7th, 2002. Exactly 12 years ago today. I don't think it's any coincidence that I'm here today with the opportunity to share Daniel's story with you. Daniel is my lighthouse. When the water is dark and dangerous, the lighthouse can provide a warm and inviting light, almost as if to say, this way home. Daniel brought me home literally by bringing me to his home. The night after he died, I visited his family, along with a number of other teachers from our school. We were all greeted by Daniel's cousin, Leah, who thanked us for being there during such a devastating time. I introduced myself as Daniel's theology teacher, and she replied, oh, you're the one that Daniel wanted me to marry. It was kind of like a light went on. I ended up sitting with Leah and her mom, sharing stories of Daniel and, and looking at pictures. It was a really difficult time for us both, but it was hard for me not to notice that Leah had the same passion and energy for life that I saw in Daniel. 
I wish he could have seen us meet. Riding home that night, I quietly recalled my last moment with Daniel. He was visiting my class. And like many times before, Daniel would just stroll right in. And because I was sitting behind the desk, he came over to me, and we were about the same height, and our shoulders bumped into each other as we talked. I introduced him to the class as the 103-pound wrestler who was having a great season. And the younger guys just kind of looked at him in awe. I mean, here was this guy, smaller than most of them, but he carried so much weight and loving energy. And on his way out of the classroom that morning, Daniel turned over his shoulder in his cool little way and said, see you around, Mr. Ward. Daniel died early the next morning. A couple weeks later, I thought I saw Daniel at school. A student was sitting with their back to me, and it looked like Daniel. And for a moment, I believed that it was him. But soon the student stood, and it obviously wasn't Daniel. But to me, the message was clear. The same love and light that I witnessed and experienced in Daniel could be found in everyone and everything. And so I began to look for Daniel, to look for love in everyone and everything. And at the crucial point in my life, even in myself, Daniel was right when he said, see you around. Because the same love in him is within us all. Just as I tell my students back at school, there is so much goodness in you. And you are all, each and every one of you, worthy of love and belonging. Just as you are, imperfectly perfect. And once you begin to open yourself to love, you will learn to see it everywhere, creating a peace, a freedom, and a truth that will shift your overall entire experience. Think about it. If I stand right here and I shift just a little bit, my view changes entirely. Well, the same is true for love. If we can begin to make an effort to love and to be loved without any conditions, we will bring a whole new level of meaning to our relationships and to our experience. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes one more time. Picture the sun. Author Anthony DeMello writes, Has the sun ever said to the earth, You owe me? Look what happens to a love like that. It lights up the whole sky. Is there somebody in your life that could use a little unconditional love? Picture that person now. Remember the lighthouse. Remember its primary purpose, to help guide sailors and boaters home. Is there somebody in your life that could use a little guidance, a little direction? Picture that person now. And lastly, picture the disco ball. Daniel was free to be himself because he loved himself unconditionally. We could all reflect a little bit of love back home so that we can dance like nobody's watching. Is there something in your life that you've been waiting to do? 
gently float open your eyes and smile. Twelve years ago, after Daniel died, I decided to ask his cousin Leah out for dinner in his honor. We had so much to talk about. And I am happy to tell you that four years after that, I asked Leah to marry me. She continues to light up my life every day. Leah is my sunshine. And now we have two sons. Our oldest is almost three, and his name is John Daniel, who we affectionately call JD. And he's our little disco ball. We also have another son who's just 12 weeks old now. His name is Casey Christian, and he's our little lighthouse. When people ask Leah if the boys will play football in the NFL someday like their daddy did, she says, maybe. But our only wish for them is to truly live a life where they can love and be loved. Thank you very much. You think you know how the world works? What if I told you the reality you know is one of many? This doesn't make any sense. Not everything does. Not everything has to. Through the mystic arts, we harness energy and shape reality. We travel great distances in an instant. How do I get from here to there? There's a strength to him. But is he ready? Peace to the gods! Be careful which path you travel down, strange. Stronger men than you have lost their way. I am death. In pain. You'll die protecting this world. I can't do this. There is no other way. The information station. Change the mission. I spent so many years hearing through time. Looking for you. Peace, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Truth Tuesday show with your host, Akeem L. Here on Hindsight Radio, the information station changing the nation. Um, I just want to make sure y'all can hear me clearly. Uh, if anybody could text me and just make sure we got a good good sound going. Um 
or hit me up in the chat. See a few people in there. Let me know y'all can hear me. Um, maybe y'all can't. Hang on. Let me see. Oh, okay. I'm loud and clear. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, we got a few people who shout out to Jason, Aaliyah, and Steve Scuba um, in the chat. A few people on the phone lines. Thank you for letting me know y'all could hear me. Uh, last week, you guys had a mission or a, a job to do, a homework to do, and that was for seven days try to maintain thoughts of positive things. Uh, I, I hope um, you did well with that. And if you want to share your experiences with it, press the one and we could talk about it. Um. Well, here's my experience with it. You know, whenever you share or teach on something, you're always going to be challenged by it. Like it's going to, it's going to come at you. You know, you can't teach anything that you have not done or if you are not prepared to do. So right that, I think that night or the, that night or the next night, I was challenged by it not only once, but twice I fell off the wagon, started thinking negative thoughts. And But the, the, the great thing about it was I, I recognized I was falling off the wagon and I pulled myself back. I took responsibilities for those negative thoughts and I pulled it back. And by the end of the week, everything transformed. Even when challenging situations hit me, I was able to sidestep you know, and just let it go, you know? So that's why I said seven days of thinking positive, it would change your life. Because if you can maintain, you know, at least five out of the seven, what happens is you do a shift and you start to recognize the difference between when you're thinking negative and thinking positive, how people react to you, how you're being treated, even with, you know, it wasn't like people didn't come at me crazy. It's just my reaction to them changed the whole atmosphere on how they respond to me. Um, so I think, you know, overall, I, I want to give myself some credit and say I, I handled last week pretty good. Although I fell off the wagon a few times, a couple of times. Uh, and I'm sure you guys probably had the same experiences, you know, or similar experience. But if you want to share them, I'd be excited to hear your experience on um, being positive, thinking positive for the last seven days. And if you want, just continue on. Don't do it just for seven days. Do it for 14 days. Do it for 30 days. Do it for a month, a year. Just stay practicing positive thoughts because those positive thoughts is going to bring your reality. It's going to make it happen for you. The things that you want, the good things that you want to happen, it's going to happen. You're going to see them a lot quicker. The reason why people are not seeing things fast because one minute they're thinking positive and then the next minute they're thinking maybe it's not going to come. And the minute you have that alternate thought or that thought that opposes the things that you desire, you just stopped it. It, It's not on its way to you anymore. 
Shouts out to all the people that participated in that and did that. Um, and I also remember last week I told you guys I won't be teaching y'all remedy on the air, live like this on the you know blog talk. I'll be doing it through my private membership, and I might share a few YouTube videos with some 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 um some tips. But mostly the team is gonna do it. Now we got. The Divine Connection show was on Thursday uh, with Tasia and Jessica. Uh, Beth's show was on Sunday, which is uh, raising independent thinkers. And then we got a new host coming, uh, Bun Bay. He's going to be coming on Mondays, and he's going to be teaching those remedies. In it. And guess what? We're going to do a rewind. They're going to rewind and go back to the old stuff. To help y'all catch up. But of course, I'll be in the background helping them with information and boosting them up, you know, so that they can uh you guys assistance uh properly. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, they're gonna be doing it for free. Yes, they're gonna do consultations, they're gonna be doing all that stuff, but it ain't for free. We're not poor righteous teachers. Okay. I have to, number one, look out for my family first to make sure that they're eating and, and getting the nourishment financially uh, that they need. So, you know, you know, everybody is going to be compensated properly. And, and I'm sorry if some people believe this ideology, oh, you're supposed to help your people for nothing. Well, I help you while I'm, my financial situation is going down, right? Okay. That's, that's uh, a little bit selfish, and it's not loving at all, which be, brings me to my topic of, I, I know I put on the thing Corinthians, Corinthians, which is a two books of the Bible, but the Corinthians has a meaning. But before I get into that, uh, there will be a webinar coming up, I think, early first week of October, wake weekend in October sometime about how to homeschool properly for nationals, how to implement that, because you can't just start homeschooling your child. There's certain things you have to understand and let the powers that be know what you are doing. You know, I have counseled many people on many occasions who've done homeschooling, which is great and noble thing. It's a, I, I really commend people who take the time out to be the educator of their child without the interference of state-controlled education and information. I am totally not for the state controlling how your child thinks. And that's exactly what compulsory education is all about. They're teaching your child how to get grades, be tested, and go work for somebody. They're not teaching them how to be independent, not like what uh, Beth is promoting, independent thinkers. The reason why so many people can't start their own business is because they're not independent thinkers. They are looking for what they call a secure job. You got to get that security. It's, It's amazing how people place more security on going to fill out an application and someone tell them how they're going to get paid, what time they got to go and come from work, and what time they got to get up and, and go to work, and what time they can leave work, when they can take a vacation, when they can go to the bathroom, when they can take a break on that job. 
that security to them. That is what they think is the right thing to do. And I understand that because we all been taught that. But now when I'm, I'm on the other side of the coin now, and I realize there is no security in that. And I can tell you that. I've been let go of jobs probably three or four times due to no fault of my own. Hey, we, we you know, we having a cutback. We're going to have to let you go. You know, and only one time I got seven prayed out of all of those times I got cut off from a job. And all I did was think about, oh, I got to go get another job, get another job that could potentially cut me off when they feel like it, when their budget ain't says that they can't afford me anymore. It's so much money out here to be made. It's plenty of money. You got these social media platforms. Most of y'all are spending hours a day on social media watching other people do things. And you could be doing something on social media and helping them at least pay the phone bill that you're paying to watch that stuff. The least you can do. No, y'all sit there and watch. Why is that? Why do people are programmed to just to watch people do stuff because that's what you've been taught in compulsory education, state-mandated education system, to be a follower. Stand on the sidelines. Wait till someone else tell you what to do. That's what they're telling. That's, that's, that's what it's created. That system was created for that, specifically. I've done shows on it before. Beth went over it this past Sunday. I mean, over her last show showed you what state-run education is all about. It's a factory system. It's a testing system to see what products come out good or bad. That's why you only only thing you need to test is what? They call it testing knowledge. Let me ask y'all a question. How much do y'all remember from school? Math things. You got to go. When I was helping my daughter during this whole pandemic craziness, I had to go refresh myself on fractions and all this other craziness just to help her. Because I don't remember anything. Know what I remember about school? When we was doing science and those little science experiments, the petri dish and the cutting over cutting over animals and what was what was it? What was a mouse cell? You know, we scraped the inside of our mouth and, you know, things like that. It's no why I got to remember that because I had my hands on. I was doing something. I was really learning something that, about me, my body, and other beings that I may come in contact with. But I remember all that other craziness for the most part. Care about what I wanted to do. Now, I do remember some mean teachers. They were strict. But that's all I can remember but the educational value, I don't remember that, how good they were in teaching. I remember how they were strict about telling me to sit down. And then we had one teacher named Miss Johnson. When you didn't listen, you hold your hand out, she hit you with this broken ruler. She was known the broken ruler teacher. But I don't remember how good a teacher she was. I just remember how strict she was. How much she gave out orders. And that's what it's designed for for you to remember how to follow directions for the rest of your life you can seek the approval of an employer a manager to get a job that's what it's for 
simple and plain. People say the school system don't work. It does work. The way it's designed, it does work. I mean, I work for you, but it does work because that's how they design it. That's why people are sitting on their hands with great ideas and can't move forward. Because they've been programmed, indoctrinated for 12, 13 years to be a follower. Enough of that, because that's not the subject tonight. The subject, if you was listening to the recording um, that I played of the ex-football player turned teacher, uh, it was about, the title of that video was uh, Showing Love and How to Be Loved, something to that effect. And realistically, I think the large majority of us do not really know how to love properly. And the reason why we don't know how to love properly is because we don't love ourselves. You cannot love anybody, anything, whatever, without, you can't even love who you call God, Jesus, Yahweh, Jehovah, whoever. You can't even love them if you don't love yourself. How are you going to see love of God you can't see and you can't love the God you can see? The one yourself, you, that you see in the mirror every day. How do you, how do you say you love Jesus? Oh, I love, I love Mr. Jesus. He's, he's my savior. He do all this for me. But then you look in your mirror and you don't like yourself. And y'all know I'm telling the truth because some of y'all really don't like yourself. You say things like, I'm bad. I got issues. I can't get it right. I've even heard people call themselves, I'm an idiot. I'm stupid. Say these things about themselves. Love doesn't, if you love yourself, you would never say those things about yourself. That's what I talk about, speaking positive. You're supposed to speak positive things about yourself. I am great. I am good. I am love. And one of the things that people must realize and understand, if you want love, you have to be love. You have to give it. So many of y'all sitting on the ground waiting for somebody to show you love. And when you don't get it, you get upset. Oh, they don't call me. They don't love me. So I ain't calling them and I ain't going to show them love. They ain't doing up for me. I ain't doing up for them. But that's, wait a minute. That's not love. That's pure selfishness. Because what you did was you put a price on your love. You will never receive proper love if you behave that way. If you don't just give or show love and don't even expect anything from anybody or that same love return. You know, for years I had, I struggled with that. I wanted to only do for those who do for me. I only wanted to be nice to those who are nice to me. But that's not proper love. That's not proper behavior. 
That's why I was coming up short because I only wanted to put it out if I was getting it instead of me taking the risk and putting it out and don't even care if that person returns that favor or give me the privilege of showing that same kindness to me. Because it is a privilege when someone does that for you. That's a privilege for someone to return that favor. Because they don't have to. Even if you gave it out. You know, I got to go to my handy-dandy Bible. And uh, we are in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm going to show you how important. There's nothing more to life than love. This, this, this is it. This is the top of the scale. If you can get this right, everything else falls into place. All right. If you get your mind in a loving state of mind, everything else falls into place easily. Here it is. If I speak to the speak in tongues of uh, mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. So this says if you can speak in tongues of mortals and angels, these special tongues. If you ain't got love, it means nothing. Basically, you're just making noise. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all of all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. So it's saying you can have faith and you can move mountains, you can do great things, but if you have love, you're still nothing. If you don't have that love, you are nothing. And if I hand, oh, let me say, if I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. So you can you could have all of these charity events, you can do all these great things, but if you don't have love in your heart, you gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. I have to read that again because really, like I told y'all before, when I teach these lessons, it's really me having a conversation with myself. This is for me. Now, y'all just happen to overhear me talk about these things with myself. So it says love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. That's one of my things I, I had to, you know, look at. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. Wow. That's a big, you know, I've read this before, but that's a big wake-up call because when I look on my life, those are one of the things, you know, I, I could say I, I, I was a, a perpetrator of that. Does not insist on its own way, so I have to learn, you know, let other people have their way. You know, there's, there's many ways to, to find a solution. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. It said it endures all things. So what does that mean? Oh, she did me wrong. She did this. She did that. He did this. He did that. He cheated. She cheated. She lied. 
he lied. But it said, wait a minute, let's read it again. Endures all things. Some of us are ready to walk out or end a relationship because someone ain't coming up with good ideas for them to do. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? (laughs) Or you're boring. Or you're too nice. I've heard that one before. I've seen that. You know, I have friends deal with that. Oh, he, he he's just too nice. He's too good to be true. Then that's not love. And if someone is cutting you off for these little these things, then you need to let them walk on out. Let them walk away. I mean, I've experienced uh some of these things. And I have been the perpetrator of some of these things. Stop to look at Keen. Where's your love at in your life? Where, where, where is it? You know, COVID-19 was one of the best things that happened this year so far to me because it really helped me really reevaluate, revalue myself. And I mean that, revalue myself as to who I am and what I'm really about. And once I developed a deeper, you know, I felt like I did have a good love for myself overall, but I've developed a deeper love for myself. And guess what? People moved out of my life and moved in. See, when you open your heart up, you open your mind up to the possibilities. Hey, listen, I'm just going to love and I'm going to just be a good person. I'm going to do right no matter what it takes no matter how difficult it gets or how much persecution I get from it, the rewards are so much greater. Um, Then it says in eight, love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part, but when the complete comes, the partial would come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put on, put an end to childish ways. But now we see in a mirror dimly. But then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide these three, and the greatest of these, is love. And then the next chapter 14, verse 1, pursue love and strive for the spiritual gifts and especially that you may prophesy. So it says pursue love. You are to pursue it. That's your number one goal, number one task. Meaning in all your dealings, you must be dealing in a loving manner. You know, what? what does the word pursue me. You know, it's just pursue. Let's just clear that up. Pursue. You know, I don't assume what words mean because a lot of times I'm surprised as what the meaning really says. Pursue. It means follow someone or something in order to catch or attack it. And I don't like that one. Of a person or a way, continue or proceed along. 
or pass the rear. It says, can, so that means continue, continue, proceed, run after, follow, chase, hunt, stalk, go after, pursue. Are you pursuing? And the first love you need to pursue is the love for yourself. Number one. That's number, if you heard that little clip that I played, he said the number one love you should go for is love of self. Because once you love yourself, everything else falls into place. The right people come into your life. The right things come into your life. And it also helps you deal with adversity better. And the drama ends quickly and you still be at peace. If you're operating in love, but see, when you operate in ego and the 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 uh, the desire to be right in situations, that creates conflict, that creates discord, no peace. That's why I'm really careful about who I associate with and who I talk to. People call me all the time. Some people call me, and I know they're calling me with their problems. And and when a day when I want to operate in peace, I don't even pick up the phone. I I love and care about these people. I care. I don't want harm. But I know all they're gonna do is call me and oh, woe is me. I'm a victim. Something's not right about my life, and it ain't my fault. And I don't have time because love also says. You let people be who they are without trying to change them. So when these people call and they, I already know that my words are going to fall on deaf ear when I say, listen, you know, Mike, you want to do this and that. I let them be. Let them be who you, you want to be a victim. Go be a victim by yourself and talk to me when you're ready to not be a victim. When you're ready to be accountable for your actions. That's love, too, just letting people be who they are, no matter how trifling you think they are, not trying to change them. And at some point, they'll call me, and then I might throw a little tidbit out there. You know, that's the that's, that, that I've seen that even in my own relationships, that that's one of the biggest things that causes strife in a relationship and also causes it to end when you're trying to get someone to be like you or think like you causes big problems. If they don't want to, you know, agree with you, then it's, it should be okay. Let them do it. But sometimes you have to distance yourself because you know those actions that they're taking may not be beneficial to your success or prosperity. So you let them be at a distance. Love them from a distance. You know? Now, there's a reason why I, you know, I said love. Now, I keep telling y'all, the Bible is more metaphysical than it is physical. So, yes, these letters was written to a congregation named Corinthians, but in my metaphysical book that I have, Metaphysical Bible Dictionary uh, by Charles Fillmore. Here's the definition of, first, the definition is Corinth, a city of Greece where a Christian assembly was established. 
It was to this assembly that Paul wrote his two epistles to the Corinthians. The metaphysical definition is this. Corinth, ornament, beauty. 40 miles to the west of Athens contained the Greek temple of Venus, which was dedicated to the worship of love. So we discern that it was at the love center in consciousness that the truth sought to do a work. Paul here is referred to as the word of truth, and Corinth is the love center. So what they're telling you is this is all about your consciousness. This whole scripture, although they're talking in a physical sense, talking about people, congregations, places, and things, is really about having love in your consciousness. Paul wrote his matchless poem on love to the Corinthians, but this center was largely given over to licentiousness under the guise of religion. More than a thousand courtesans were attached to the temple of Venus at Corinth as assistants, says secular history. So the need of purification and of lifting up of the affections here at the love center in human consciousness is very great when the word of truth first enters to do its redeeming work. Paul going from Athens to Corinth signifies the withdrawal of the power of the word from the intellectual center, Athens, and its entrance into the love center, Corinth. Now, Corinthians, people who lived in Corinth, right? Metaphysical. The thoughts that comprise the love center in consciousness. So, even the very names of the books of the Bible represent some metaphysical representation of your consciousness, of your mind. So, Corinth, Corinthians means the love center of your consciousness. Meaning, the center you do must be centered or your consciousness must be centered, centered around love. That's why I started with this. Next week, we'll talk about wisdom and knowledge and things like that, depending on where the spirit guides me. So, like I did last week, for the next seven days, the exercise is to practice love. Even in difficult situations. Now I know I'm gonna be challenged by this. I know it. I'm, I'm, you know, good thing is I know it. Now how it's gonna come, how it's gonna sneak attack me, I don't know. How are you gonna display love? And I, I really appreciate if people get on and and share their experiences because through our experiences. This is how we grow better. We grow bigger. This is how we prosper. You know, when I talk about prosperity, I'm not just talking about prosperity in a financial sense. I'm talking about prosperity and knowledge, our wisdom, our love, all the wholeness, the embodiment of what divinity really is. To be spiritual is to be divine. To be spiritual is to be loving. Can you do it? Yes, you can. We can all do it. We're making a conscientious choice not to show love in our life. 
We're making choices every day because we feel like, nah, I ain't going to get that person in. Uh-uh, nah, nah, nah. Uh-uh. Remember, the Christ story is there were two criminals on the side. Right? People that so-called did that. And in other stories, he had people that prostitutes who come up to him and describes the fact, oh, do we not know who this woman who's touching him? But he still showed love. He didn't put them down for their lifestyle or the things they have done. Let me say something. Most of us are holding people responsible for things that they have done, not things that they have done right now. And when you really take a hard look at yourself, you look at that mirror and look at the things you've done to people. Let me say, let me rephrase this. When I take a hard look at myself and I look at the things that I've done to people, I have no room to talk about anybody doing anything to me. The only reason why we get upset when somebody does something to us because what's the old saying? We don't like a taste of our own medicine. We don't like the way it tastes out that 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 pill that we give out every day. We don't like it coming back. And I've always told y'all what you experience in your life is a direct reflection of how you treated other people. How you treated things, how you behaved. You only getting the boomerang effect of who you are. Like my favorite preacher says, I meet no one but me. So those things you don't like in that person are things that are in you. What they say? Game recognized game. <laughs> Or these others say, a thief, it, take, it uh, uh, takes a thief to know a thief. Takes a cheat to know a cheat. Takes a liar to know a liar. Ultimate statement is this. It takes a lover to know a lover. It takes a person who knows love to know love. So if you know love, that's all you're going to know. That, so first know love in yourself. Perfect the love in yourself. Let this mind be in your as it was in Christ Jesus. That's what it, the Bible says. And the Christ mind is a loving mind. A forgiving mind. Doesn't hold injury and remind people of it. Oh, you did this to me. You remember when you did that? You hurt me. Little old me been hurt. But little old me never looks at the fact that you've hurt other people, yourself. So unless someone in here can say, or is listening to my voice, and say they never hurt anybody, you got no room to point the finger at someone else for hurting you. So take that finger, put it away. Put it in your pocket. Do something positive with it. And look at yourself and all of the hurts you caused. Devastation and you caused in the wake of your existence to other people. The damage you've done. 
Let me rephrase it. The damage I've done. And not hold people accountable. Not hold people, you know, at fault. Yes, they've done it. And it may not be right. It probably wasn't. I'm not saying they didn't do something that's wrong. I'm just saying you can't hold them accountable because you get, if you're going to hold them accountable, you got to hold yourself accountable. You got to be fair in this thing. That's love. So before you hold them accountable, hold yourself accountable. There's another scripture that reminds me, before you remove the straw out of your brother's eye, remove that rafter out of yours. Why does it say rafter? Because it's going to take you a lifetime to get that out. So you're going to be too busy dealing with yourself to be dealing with somebody else doing something to you. Or even if they, some people, they ain't even did nothing to you. You see them doing stuff over there. Let people work on them and you work on you. And if while you're perfecting the love in you and your in, in your life, guess what? Things start to get better. Things, the light, you know, light gets brighter. Because you're so busy perfecting you, becoming a better you, being prosperous, thinking about your finances, thinking about your love and all of those things, you ain't going to have no time for anything else. You're not going to have time for the idle conversations of somebody telling you their sad story. Seclusion is one of the remedies. There's also scripture say, go to that secret place and ask. Then there I will be. Anything you ask, Father, you shall have. But now y'all want to get in groups and have these pity parties. Nothing gets resolved in these pity parties. The biggest pity party I've ever seen was in the church. Where I hear preachers constantly talking about, oh, you're broken. Identifying problems. Instead of saying, no, we're not broken. God created you perfect. You're divinity. You are the divine manifestation of all that is good in God's creation. They, they, they might briefly talk about that. There's two things that the, the churches are doing that I strongly disagree. They talk about how bad, watch out for the enemy, the devil. And you're a sinner. Identifying negative things about you, characteristics about you. And you can never live up to God. And the Bible completely shuts that down. So, um, let's see, what's going on? My daughter's about to call in a few seconds. Um, hang on. There she go. All right, I'm gonna take a quick break, and uh, I'll be right back. Things I've got to tell you 
But I'm afraid I don't know how Cause there's a possibility that you look at me differently, love Ever since the first moment I spoke your name From then on I knew that by you being in my life Things were destined to change Cause love So many people use your name to blame Love Those who have faith in you Sometimes go astray
All right, everybody, I am back. Um, yeah, um, one last thing I want to just share um, with you guys is if you can stay consistent with your positive thinking and, and perfecting the love for yourself, number one, that's in one mission. So love to yourself. That could be even like take yourself out and enjoy your own company. If you want to stay at home. Some of us have done so many things for other people special, which is nice. But sometimes you got to do something special for yourself. You know, tell yourself how great you are. Speak to yourself. Go to the mirror if you want to. That is so important to your mental well-being to your spiritual well-being. Because with all of this craziness that's going on, this is what it's going to take to get us through. And it's, it's not over. The world is going to see some drastic changes in the coming months. And if you're not mentally and spiritually prepared to deal with it, you're going to suffer. Remember, all of this physical suffering that we're seeing starts with mental suffering in alignment with these mindsets. Why did so many people die from COVID-19 and these other things? Because they aligned with that. They believed in it. They went to the doctors, fix me, doctor, and uh, of this, this flu-like thing. They don't want to call it the flu. Because if you look at all of the deaths, they were in the hospital. So that means those people aligned with the energy of COVID-19 Believe that the doctors can fix them. And we already know that the third leading cause of all deaths in this country is medical intervention. Now, the people that I associate and go around with who don't align with this stuff, they're fine. They're healthy. Yes, I know doctors are labeling they Oh, he died from this and that and the other and And people say, well, why are they saying so many people? It's just that. What they say. Not factual. Not real facts. I know firsthand how the media can lie because of my own personal experience with the media, with the family tragedy that happened to us back in 1986 where the news was involved. They lied the whole story through. You know, they didn't get ill. Any of the most of the facts were not right. So I know how they can just. You know, all they want is a story. They want to put this sensationalism out there. You know, the funny thing. I'm getting off the subject a little bit. Store. Uh, me and Beth was in, I think Lowe's. Yeah, it was Lowe's, and she was thinking about buying a box of masks. And on the mask it says "Not for Medical." Does it right there? But people still buying them and using them. You know? Anyway, back to the subject. Perfect the love in your life. Your life will be better, more peaceful. Because the, the, at the end of the day, nothing is worth more. No money, no property that you own or, you know, bank account, whatever, is more valuable than peace of mind that you can properly increase your wealth, your prosperity, your health with peace of mind. You know, it's very hard to do those things 
if you don't have peace in your life. But in order to have peace and have love, you've got to be bringing it to the table. You can't be waiting on people to bring it to you. And a lot of you are doing that, just waiting. Oh, Jesus going to do it. And I, one of the famous things I see on Facebook throughout, I, not one week I go by and I skim into Facebook, some woman is saying, I'm waiting on my Boaz. Well, won't you be, won't you be the love first and watch your Boaz show up? Reason why a lot of Boazes are not showing up because there's no love in you. You haven't perfected love for you. And if you don't love yourself, how do you expect someone else to love you? Same thing for you brothers. Y'all want these 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 beautiful sisters with great personalities that's gonna respect you and, and, and respect what you're gonna say. You got to be respectful. You got to be all of what you're asking for and willing to do it. You know, stop waiting for the other person to be first at it. You should pursue what you want. And first, that pursuit must start with you. You must pursue being all that you want to be or or what you want in your life. We got one caller here. Let's see what they got to talk about. All right, I hope I helped somebody and, and, you know, healed your mind through this conversation with myself. 914-920. I guess not. I'm going to go to the next caller. 715-501. Peace, Akeem. Peace, Marco. What's going on? You know, before, before you say what you have to say, I have to apologize. Because last week I said, oh. you said nobody sends me positive messages other than a couple of people that I mentioned. And you know what? That is not true. That is not true. Marco always (laughs) sends me positive information. He sends me mind-blowing information and positive. He never sends me that garbage about this conspiracy thing. Marco, I'm sorry I left you out. You definitely right up there. I I apologize. We got to lift each other up, you know? Gotta right, give, you got right. we got to watch out for each other too, you know. Yeah, yeah. No. I'm sorry about um, that. Really, I am. I thought about that. I said, man, I let Marco out. <laughs> I gotta put him uh, put him out there. Oh, that's All okay. Right. I, I, I knew right. I knew you did. I knew you did. Yeah. Um, but what you're saying today, um, you know, and I'm not the type of person to to put out my 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 dirty laundry or anything like that. Right. But it's crazy what you're talking about today. Is Exactly what I'm going through today. Um, right. I just moved out of my apartment because okay. I just broke up with my girlfriend, okay. and you know she was doing some stuff, uh, and I you could feel it in your heart like something's wrong. You right. could feel like uh, she she's up to something. I don't know what, but I could feel it. Right. And then um. And we've been we've been together for about almost nine years, and uh, <clears throat> this is not the first time this happened. But she go out, and then I you know I have no problem with her going out with her friends. Go 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 out with your friends. Go ahead. But then when you come back the next day, like three four yeah. o'clock in the morning, drunk off your butt, you know yeah, I, yeah, I can't yeah, I can't yeah. I can't put That's up not with a that. Good 
That's not no. that's not that's so, not positive behavior and that's not love. No. But I was thinking like how like was to what you're saying, like did I bring it on myself because maybe I'm I I'm not loving myself enough and I wasn't showing enough love. I don't know. You know, well, it's like so what well, you were saying is kinda like got me thinking. Yes, I know, it's a conundrum. It's like one of those things. How do I bring on someone coming home three o'clock in the morning? How do I do that? How do I? It, it, it's it's like this. It's just it's it's like this. What we're seeing in our reality is a direct reflection of how much love we have in ourselves. So what I'm saying is, if you perfect the love in yourself, a couple of things could happen. Mm-hmm. It would co- it would emanate out to her to cause her to make the change. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and do better, or it won't. Mm-hmm. You might right. can pursue, but it w- what it would do to you is say what it did to you today. Love for yourself caused you yeah. to move out of there, move out, or move. Yep, yep. Why? Yep. Because that's not a good experience. That that's if you dealing with that is you like you like. Wait a minute, I can't. You know that's that's not way. I don't know if you have children not, involved here. Um, yeah, one you know, one boy. Yeah, it's not a positive experience, and sometimes no. it takes leaving to fix something. Yeah. Sometimes, not all the time. You know, it's sometimes you like have to remove to... your situation. So, from doesn't mm-hmm. mean moving out doesn't mean you hate her and you're gonna condemn her and judge her. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to do that because there's something. Right. There's a lack of love in her, not perfected in herself, because right. we meet who we are, right? So there's a yep. lack of love in herself staying out that late. Mm. You know, what? You know, yeah, three in the morning right. drunk, how do you care about yourself enough? That's an unsafe thing because people can take advantage of you. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, and you I, know, so what, what, what you're seeing is, okay, both of you guys had, had, had an issue there within yourselves about how much you love yourself and what you, because I had to come to that realization. What am I going to tolerate if I love myself? Just some things I'm just not going to expose myself to. I'm not going to expose myself to chaos and pain. You know, Mm -hmm. things that cause me to challenge my, oh, my, 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 my willingness to be positive. Just challenge. Right. Yeah. Okay. Let me. It was almost like a negative and positive kind of thing. Like, yeah, I can't. I you almost. Uh, how you say um, deflect each other because you don't attract each other anymore. You know, it's like I right. my uh, the, where I'm at right now is not where she's at right now, and right. I, I just I just couldn't do it. That's, I, it, it, it troubled my spirit. I'm like I gotta go. I gotta go. I, right. I can't I can't deal with that no more. Mm-mm. Love doesn't so, mean yeah. you stop loving her either, but no, you have no. to love yourself more. Because yes. you cannot be putting yourself in that position to deal with something that you know is not right for you, right? Yes. So right, you know, absolutely. As you go off and you perfect yourself, who knows? That might that might be what needed to put you over pull back and make a change. But here's the thing: right. you can't expect that change. That's for her. No. All you can expect is for yourself and work on self. That's it. Exactly. That's on what I'm going to do. <laughs> work that, that gives and me what you do with that is on her. 
Exactly. Right. Was yeah. she doing that right. on her? And this doesn't mean she's a bad person. She's evil. We all do things mm-hmm. that are, you know, mm-hmm. if you look deep into I've done yourself. i bad things myself. Right, right. <laughs> you know? Even to her. So I can't. You know, I mean, if we yeah. being real, even to her, you've done yeah, some yeah. things that she oh, yeah. didn't like. It wasn't good. So mm-hmm. when we really look back at how things are playing out with ourselves, even when I look at all my relationships, that I, you know, that didn't work out, and the one that is working out right now, um, it all was a direct reflection of what I had done in the past. Mm. <laughs> you know, if mm. I saw back to bite me. <laughs> something that wasn't truthful, that means I wasn't truthful. Well, we gotta, we gotta be real. I'm like, real, and sometimes it's very hard to say I was that which they was to me. You know the the same mentality that you had back then, like you you wouldn't be nice to someone unless they were nice to you. I used to be the same way. I used to be mm-hmm. the same way, but then mm-hmm. I, I I just no, I never felt happy with myself. So then when mm-hmm. I started just being happy, mm-hmm. you know, even though that don't these people don't like me, or whatever, I'll still say hi to him. You know, it's right, them. right. And, and, and then, now, what's crazy, what's crazy that as later on time went by, all of a sudden they started to be cool with me. You know, right. in, in the beginning, that's, they didn't even, they didn't want nothing to do with me. <laughs> so I was like, it, it, what, having that love, it 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 defeats all animosity eventually. Trump, the love trumps time. You, they can't continue yeah. to be evil or mad at you as long as you keep showing Whatever. that loving spirit towards them. It's it, it, you got to be really hardcore to <laughs> just keep being an evil person. And yeah, if yeah. someone is showing you love, you know, being caring, love. genuinely right. doing it, that becomes right? hard. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. and, and 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 you got to look. If you if you really see, I listen with the apostles say and I, all those things, and some of them yeah. were off in some of their teachings, and I could point those out. Mm-hmm. But I follow mm-hmm. exactly the Christ mind teaching, and that's what I call it, Christ mm-hmm. mind teaching. Jesus didn't hang out. You know, he saw things that wasn't right. He didn't stay in the same place with those people either. No. He kept you see what I'm saying? He kept it moving. Yep. He kept yep. it moving like, okay, I love you, but I'm going to be over here doing, yep. the, doing the will of my father. Now, you you know, if you want to follow, come on. But if you're going to yep. follow, we got to be on the same page. Yeah, otherwise they bring it down. They bring it down, right. down to their level. If you want, yep. Like when, when he fed all of those people, right? He fed all the people. He preached. He did all his teachings and stuff, and he mm-hmm. fed them. Then he crossed the river, right? And the people right. followed wherever he went. Yep. He said, "You only follow me because I fed you." What he was saying, y'all didn't <laughs> yeah. come because y'all love my teachings. Y'all can't can't, mm-hmm. can't follow me because y'all fed me. He let them know straight mm-hmm. up, y'all only here because yep. y'all want some more to eat. Yeah, y'all gonna listen yeah. to my teachings, but yeah. the main thing y'all want is to be. And you know? was supposed to be their food, you know. Right. They're supposed to be. You know, to physically, word and they weren't. Physically. Yeah, I'm gonna go into that because he actually broke on that. The word was supposed to be the food, but they were looking for the physical. Food. Yep. Yep. And yep. that's what I'm trying to that's do right true. now. I'm trying to give physical food to people. Yo, I'm like, I mean, teacher, spiritual man. food, spiritual food to people because this is where you're gonna have success. And I already know. That lead less people mm-hmm. gonna listen to me live because of it, but I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because yeah. since I walked on this path, 
my finances has not been hurt at all. Actually went up. So you know, I'm going to stay on this path yeah. and get even harder. You know? Because mm-hmm. this yeah, is my, the my finances haven't changed myself. They're still the same, no. you know? And I'm actually right. gaining, you know, with my Listen, investments and stuff like that. But you're... With the moves that you, I can see this right now, with all the stuff I know you're doing and about to do, and this move, mm-hmm. you know, this transition, no one likes a breakup, you know. That's you know, yeah. it's but sometimes those difficult situations create very profound differences of positive things happening for you in your life. You see, when mm-hmm. a door closes, other doors open up. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So, and I don't you know, right you don't now, know but... that energy could have been keeping you from something. Yeah. And I and I, it, I, it, I now Bob, I you know you telling me that I'm not surprised yeah. to hear what you said because when you used to tell oh, me yeah. oh they give me a hard time at the course and they doing this and that and I used to say in the yeah, back yeah. of my mind there's some adversity you're dealing with that's keeping you that's blocking from you. blocking yeah. you from getting through. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. You know, what happens, the, man. Picture, the picture is clearer to me now. Now that you're talking to me about <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah, you're right. I just you're sit right. back and say, why does Marco have these difficulties? So yeah. something, you see what, now you see the connection with <laughs> who you attach to oh, yeah. and how it can affect everything in your life. Mm-hmm. How, you just, know, just, just something like that. Right. Something like you know, that, because man. you're Bring dealing it. with the fact of, man, this ain't right. What do I do about it? I don't want to be, mm-hmm. you know, just this. Yelling and screaming and you know and mm-hmm. getting all frustrated. You don't want that because you you are low, that, low. To me, I've always seen you. You have a a a, a very common cool about you, right? You know, yeah. I mean, I've met I'm you not the type of arguing or yelling. No, right, man, I'm not that. So yeah, now watch yeah. how the energy no, I... flow. Watch how the energy flows now. And yeah, this is, once again, I must. Right. Emphasize this is not to say she's a bad person or no, anything. No, no. She's not. She's a divine being just like all of us. She's, you know, mm-hmm. what it's saying is the energy she's connected to is not the energy mm-hmm. you want to be associated with. Correct. Right now. Right. That's it. And she's going to find her own path later in right. life or whatever. But right. right now, it's just not mixing. And they ain't going to mix. Well, it took, it, 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 and love endures all things, but it also takes a stand for itself too. Yeah, and I guess I I, I do love myself. I do try right. to you know take care of myself and 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 do things that make me happy, you know. And yeah. uh, I think that you know you just keep on doing that, just loving yourself, like you said, Matt. I'm glad you, you're talking about this stuff because we need this. People mm-hmm. need to hear this stuff, and I like what you're doing, man. I, I really do. So thank I, you. I appreciate you saying yeah. that. All right, Marco, yeah. man. Continue to right, man. success, peace, prosperity to you. All right, peace. You too. Man. All peace, right. I'm going to try to go back to this caller that 914920. I think maybe they don't know they, they hit the thing. All right, y'all. Well, you know, Marco had something this year. He was bold enough, and I really appreciate telling his personal story. Sometimes y'all think y'all have different stories, but y'all don't. Because the truth of the matter, we all connected. We all connected in, in our uh, consciousness. Okay? 
that's why some people of the like minds hang out with this one and that one. But when you share stories, even the, even if it's, you know, I know that was paid for him, for him to share that story, uh, you know, to a degree. But that story helps other people. In this situation, it might be a, a woman who's being abused. You know? A man who's being abused. You know, men has received abuse too on, on a different level. A child. Some of y'all could have been thinking, you know, I need to make a change. I need to show more love to myself. Is this that him just telling that story could have helped someone make a shift in their consciousness in the right direction towards their peace, prosperity, wealth, and love in their life? Just him telling that. So don't be afraid to share your story because people need to hear other people talk about what they're going through and where they are now in a positive way. And when I talk about sharing stories, I mean in a positive way, not this pity party, everybody's taking, is, is, is the problem but me. You know, the stuff I want, you know, we're going to talk about, we're going to take self-responsibility. I, I'm an advocate for that, and I speak it. Listen, all of the problems I've received in my life is a direct result of the decisions and the conscious decisions that I made in my life. When I see something I have, that I perceive as negative coming from some another person, I have to stop. And look, why is this person talking to me like this or treating me like this? Whatever, and go back in the Rolodex of my mind. I can find the depth, the very incident that connects me to this incident and why this is happening right now. But no, you know, that's hard. That's a hard pill to swallow. But I'm going to tell you, this the best way to take those hard pills? Pieces at a time, little doses, little doses. And after a while, you'll be like, oh, this ain't so bad. Me just saying, you know what, it's just me. It's all me. Becomes easier every day. And once you it gets easier, life becomes easier. Once you take responsibility for everything that's happening, life becomes a walk in the park. Because as adversities come up, you just look at that, oh, that's just a, an illusion for me to participate in some negativity. And as you keep going, you start to say, you know what, I don't need to have a conversation with this person anymore. Because all they're going to do is put me in a state of mind that I don't want to be. Or want to be in. All right, with that being said, oh. Uh, Webinar coming up the first of the week. Tasia, Jessica got their Divine Connection show coming up on Thursday. Beth's show is on Sunday. Oh, yeah, my son, he has been very consistent lately with his show. And you know why he's been consistent? Because I'll send him a text message, hey, you're doing a great job. Before I was getting on his case, complaining at him, and all it do was make him stay away. But when I started, hey, you're good, and just sending positive messages, it encouraged him to get back and do his show again. So it does work. You know, that's the best way to, uh, you know, motivate people. You know, people, we got this dysfunctional way of motivation. You see this stuff on TV, you know, sports, and you're yelling and screaming at people. It don't work. Trust me, I know firsthand that yelling and screaming does not work. It just causes more problems for you. All right, let's see. All right, well, with that being said, it's 8.30, an hour and a half for me 
chit-chatting about love. I hope y'all got something about it, out of it. Uh, like I said, I'm going to be doing some videos, and I'm going to be sharing some uh, some really good information on my YouTube channel. Uh, I'll be sending that out in the near future. All right. Oh, yeah, and I forgot. Bombay, Monday. I don't know if it's going to be this Monday or the Monday after, but he's going to be out in the world. And he's got a lot of experience. He's got a lot of stories. He's got some, some scars. You know, he's, he's got court experience. Y'all going to love him. All right, with that being said, peace. Peace to the gods. You're listening to Hindsight Radio. Becoming a loving being. This energy field of love, and we must talk about what that means. It's not sentimentality. What the world calls love is coming out in an energy field in here. It's talking about dependency. It's talking about control. It's talking about sentimentalism and emotionalism. An emotional, sentimental attachment in which there is control going back and forth. The satisfaction of desiring this on both sides is called love, the Hollywood version. When you hear somebody say, I used to love George, but I don't anymore, what it means is that they never did love George. What they mean is they had a sentimental attachment, sort of a solar plexus kind of a hanging onto, which the person then romanticized and glamorized within their life and poured a lot of emotional energy so that when that tie was broken, up came a lot of negative emotion. The kind of love we're talking about is unconditional love. Unconditional love. And what is unconditional love? That's an inner decision that we make within ourselves. See, the intention. It's coming out of the intention and the decision to be a loving person. So, if I decide to love you, that is my inner decision. There is nothing you can do about that. Therefore, I'm not the victim of what goes on in the world. Because my decision to love creates a stable energy field of unconditionality. So the other person's behavior may not please me, may not contribute to what I desire, but it doesn't change the lovingness. So the mother, for instance, who visits her son in prison for 20 years, the son who is a murderer, loves the beingness, the isness, that which the person really is. Of course, his behavior does not make her happy. But the love is unconditional, no matter what he does. And so the closest to it that we see in our world is the lovingness of the mother, which is unconditional. The lovingness of 12-step groups, such as Alcoholics Anonymous, which I've used as an example in other talks. The unconditionality of that lovingness. Unconditional love is not concerned with what you have. It's not concerned with what you have. The people at the bottom are very concerned with having-ness and rate people back and forth on what they have. People are preoccupied with doing this, and people are rated and their status depends on what you do and all the titles that go with your doing this. As you move towards the top, what people are concerned with is what you are, what you have become, your isness, your beingness, that which you truly are. We're concerned there, a person's status, their value there is the kind of a person that you are, that which you have become. 
you have become that kind of a person and that is what is valued. The willingness then to become a forgiving person who nurtures all of life non-judgmentally automatically brings about within yourself, because of the very healing nature of that energy field, a condition of good health. The beginning to see the perfection of all things, how all things work out for the good. How can illness be held in that context? For the person who is oriented such in the direction in which we're talking today, then illness merely becomes something that is coming up in order to be healed. We look at the illness then as bringing up a lesson. The illness is saying, look at me, please heal what I stand for, what I symbolize. Please heal your guiltiness. Please heal your self-hatred. Please heal your limiting thought forms. Please move up to loving me so that I can be healed. And so the illness is a demand to grow spiritually. It's an incessant gadfly that tells us that something is out. Something needs to be looked at. Something needs to be held in a different way. You see, because it is not the events of life, but how we hold them that creates our reaction. Events in and of themselves have no power to affect how we feel one way or another. It's what our position is about them. It's our judgment about them. It's how we decide to be with them. It's our attitude. It's our point of view. It's the context, the overall meaning that gives the event the emotional power over us. And so we see we are the creator then of the meaning and the impact that it has on us. Stress comes from that very thing, giving it power over our lives, coming from the position of victim, putting the source of happiness outside of our life, denying the power of our own mind. The healing then comes about through the reowning of the power, the realization that we and we alone create the meaning of any circumstance, event, place, position, or thing, any person in our life. We are the one that creates the meaning. Our position, the way we hold it then, that either becomes the source of healing or a source of illness. We are the one that determines that. We begin to see that the body is like a little marionette. You know, it sort of happily goes about its way, coming out of these energy fuels of joyfulness and gladness. You see, it just sort of does what it does automatically without much thinking about it. Healthy means we pay less and less attention to the body, and that which we do, which the world would call health giving, is out of appreciation. It's an expression of how we are with that body. You see, we aren't giving away our power as source. Being healthy means you've re-owned your power as source. So we're not giving away the source of health of the body to the world. The exercising we do is out of the joyfulness in experiencing the body. So we don't say that swimming is what causes the body to be healthy. We come from the position that because we enjoy the body, we enjoy its activity such as swimming. So those activities which the world consider healthy then are coming out of the expression of one's inner sense of aliveness, the joy in allowing the body's expression in ways that the world considers healthy. Not because they're causal, those are the effect. The healthy enjoyment of the body then is the effect of the mental attitude, looking at it as something pleasurable. And therefore we come to a lovingness of the body. No, not a narcissistic self-glorification, not a muscle man picture in the photo magazine, 
not out of desiringness, not out of pridefulness, not out of narcissism, but out of a lovingness and a gratitude. We say, ah, little body, you've served me well. I love you. I appreciate you. I value you. If we put the source of our happiness, if we put our survival on that which is outside of ourself, our job, our possessions, a particular relationship, then we're merely setting ourselves up for the loss of our health. Because what's going to come up, first of all, is fear of loss. Even though that's not conscious, you know, if the source of your happiness is your title and your position and your address and the kind of car that you have, etc., or even the beauty of the physical body, you are now vulnerable. So that vulnerability is in the unconscious and it stores up a great deal of fear. And therefore, people's lives become endlessly to reinforce and protect themselves from the loss of those things upon which they have put their survival. The healthy person realizes the true nature of who they really are, that they are something far beyond that, that they are the one that gives those things value, temporary enjoyment, but their survival doesn't depend on them. We said that when you move up into this energy fuel called acceptance, one has stopped giving one's power away to the world. One has begun to accept that I am the source of my happiness that if you put a person like that on a desert island and come back a year later, they'll have a coconut business going and they'll have found a new relationship and they'll build a tree house in the tree and they'll be teaching the children algebra. In other words, the capacity to recreate for themselves the source of happiness comes from the realization that I myself am the source of that happiness. I myself am the source of health. It doesn't depend on epidemics. It doesn't depend on what is out there in the world. It doesn't depend on what I eat. When we really realize that, then we begin to transcend and no longer be at the effect of all these false belief systems.